Apple presents Meet the Musician at the Apple Store. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome tonight's guest moderator, Emil Wilbekin. How's everybody doing today? You good? Beautiful day in New York. You had a good weekend. Now we're going to have some fun, right? So uh, Seven Streeter is a singer, songwriter, and dancer who is best known for her beautifully written and emotionally charged lyrics um, that she sings with attitude and swagger over lush, soulful harmonies. Her single, I, want, I always want to sing this, and it won't stop, but y'all don't want to hear me sing. You want to hear her sing, you don't want to hear me sing. Her and Chris. Um, but featuring Chris Brown was number one on the Billboard Hip Hop and R&B charts for nine consecutive weeks. Give her a round. Um, and is a perfect example of her sexy and powerful vocals. Um, as a songwriter, she's worked with everyone from Alicia Keys, Trey Songz, Fantasia, Adriana Grande, Tamar Braxton, and Brandy. And you may remember her as part of um, the girl group TG4 and Rich Girls. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Seven Streeter. What up, y'all? How y'all doing? Y'all good? I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> Doesn't she look good? Aww, thank right. you. Yeah. Thanks. So let's have a little conversation. Let's talk. <laughs> so how old were you when you decided to start writing music? Ooh, um, honestly, I, I dabbled a little bit when I was a little younger. Um, you want to know what my first song was? Yeah. It was real bad, y'all. I literally said, um, I said, I'm tired of you lying. That hoe ain't gonna take my man. <laughs> and you were how old? I'm not lying. I swear I had to be like, uh, like probably like 10, 11 years old. And I sung it for my mama. And she was just like, oh, that ain't gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So, so what is your process for writing music? Oh, um... You know what? I always like to say I'm more so a melody person first. How many songwriters? Got any songwriters in here today? A lot. Cool. So y'all understand. Make some noise for yourself, songwriters. All right. <laughs> um, I'm mostly like a, a melody person first. Um, I'll hear I hear a track. We pull up a track. I'll go in and I hum my way. I hum what I think. You know what I think the lyrics should be. So I'll be in there like and I'll go back in and I'll listen to it and I'll go. Okay, that sounds like that. That sounds like he. That sounds like she. That sounds like car. That sounds like, and you piece it all together, and then you know that's kind of how I start. Now I read somewhere that you really want people to feel your music. Mm -hmm. So tell me about that, like. Well, I mean, for one, I'm a I'm a cancer, and I wear my heart on my sleeves. Okay. Got some cancers. Hey now, I um I wear my heart on my sleeves, so I write according to um. Just to how, how I feel. You know what I mean? For example, um, with bands. I don't know how many of y'all know my record bands. And look, y'all so ratchet. Y'all know bands. Y'all ain't right. <laughs> I see. <laughs> yeah, but um, with bands, I wrote bands literally um, just based on how I felt. I was dating somebody, and I felt like he just took advantage of the fact that I do wear my heart on my sleeve. So when I say, you know, I should have used protection instead of moving so fast, but I'm a sucker for affection, I should have never showed you that, I meant every single word. Like, you know what I mean? You know, we, we run across some clap. bands. You Look, y'all out there like, preach. <laughs> <laughs> y'all can clap. 
Uh, but yeah, so y'all understand. So I, when I wrote that, I'm like, okay, I'm not the only person that's come across a band. You know what I mean? Like, y'all understand exactly what I meant when I said that. So, you know, I want people to feel stuff. And I'm glad that, you know, y'all, y'all felt that. I'm sorry y'all had to run across some bands, but I'm glad that y'all, y'all felt that record. So um, you started performing, you know, very young, as you said, right? Yeah. yeah. Been singing since I was like, probably like eight, nine years old. I started out singing in church. Um, I did Showtime at the Apollo when I was 10. We gonna burn that tape. Y'all don't never need to see Wait, that tape. you sang My <laughs> Funny Valentine. I, I did. Mean, like... I did sing My Funny. You know, and I sung the um, the Shaka Khan version from the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. I used to love her version, so I, I sung love. that. You're awfully young to be singing My Funny Valentine. You know, that's, that was a telltale <laughs> sign that I was gonna go through some hardships and have to write some stuff like that. So that's where it came from. But what was it like, you know, being on stage with the Apollo? It's like the legendary Apollo Theater. Man, um, I remember going and I was just more so, I was excited about seeing Kiki Shepard. Right. I'm sorry, I was. <laughs> I was excited to see Kiki Shepard. I was excited to rub the same log that Michael Jackson and so many other greats rubbed. I was excited about that. And I was excited about seeing Steve Harvey. Really excited about that. I was. And um, funny stories that when I was there, because they taped a bunch of shows at one time. Sure, yeah. Um, the Braxtons were actually one of the musical guests. So I got to meet Trina and Tawana and all of them when ah. I was like 10 years old. It was cool. Okay, okay. No we, we're going to come back to the Braxtons. We're going to come back to the Braxtons. So tell me about Voices of Praise. Oh, crap. Okay. Um, <laughs> I did my research. Yes, you did. Voices <laughs> of Praise. Uh, was my gospel choir that I was in with my cousins. We were all, it was all cousins. We were probably, I was like the youngest one. And I think I, I started at like the age, what, like 13, 12, something like that. And it was all my cousins. And we just sung. We thought we was Kirk Franklin and the family, for real, for real. So we wore like FUBU jerseys and Saccone sneakers. <laughs> and we used to bounce around the church like this. Like we thought we was so cool. But it was it was dope. Um, I, I learned, that was my, I guess that was pretty much my first group. Now that I think about it, um, Voices of Praise, Eric Anglin and the Voices of Praise was my first group. So, yeah, I love me some gospel music. Y'all love y'all some gospel music because I do. Oh, yeah. I do. <laughs> and that was, that was going to be my follow-up is, yeah. you know, how important was it having that strong gospel background and developing your voice and your confidence? Um, it meant everything because like I said in um, in my gospel group I was like the youngest one so I had a lot of older cousins you know that I learned learned from um, one cousin in particular her name was Sean and then another girl's name was Shanitha and they had really high you know voices but they were so you know great at controlling their voices and I used to just sit around and listen to them and listen to Eric and it just um, it just really really helped you know what I mean like I just soaked that all in it was great so growing up, what was your dream? Mm. My dream, um, I, I swear, like I feel like I've had the same like vision since I was a little girl, and I, I've always pictured um, myself standing on a stage with a microphone, and it's just a big old crowd in front of me. Like I've literally been able to see that since I was a, a little girl, and um, I just I always wanted to sing and to make videos, and you know I, I've been doing that since I was a little girl. My dad would sit at home with this big old camcorder, you know, the ones you used to carry on your shoulders. He used to have one of those, and um, used to just sit and watch. And I would go upstairs and change clothes and come back down and sing Mariah Carey. Go upstairs, change clothes, come back down, sing Anita baker you know so i um my dream has always been to be 
a, a singer and to make videos. And, you know, you look up now and it's like, I actually really get to do it in real life. So I'm just really happy about that. That's great. That's great. So speaking of some of your inspirations, um, I've heard that you uh, are inspired by Aaliyah. I am. Beyonce. Absolutely. Whitney Houston. Yes, Lord. Yolanda Adams. Praise a minute, huh? Uh, Mariah Carey, <laughs> yeah, Celine Dion, and Tony Braxton, to name a few. Just to name a few, yeah, absolutely. Where we start? Um, with Aaliyah. I love Aaliyah. How many of y'all love Aaliyah? I definitely love Aaliyah. Um, I just, man, she was just so dope. You know what I mean? I, I loved. She goes into my my women in the '90s uh, category because I loved how it was just so effortless how they moved and how they sang and how they dressed. They didn't try too hard. And I loved that about Aaliyah. Um, I loved how she danced. I just thought that she was incredible. And when, you know, God rest her soul, when she passed, I was distraught. Like, I'm pretty sure all of us were. So I loved her. Beyonce goes without saying. I mean, how many Beyonce fans you know we got in here? I'm definitely one. Uh, um, I love Beyonce. I actually had the pleasure of going on tour with her um, when I was a rich girl. And that was great. And um, just, you know, to watch her perform every single night, you learn something different every single night. And I just, I love me some Beyonce, so, you know. And then what about, like, I want to go through this list because it's okay, so interesting. Like, I'm you pick, like, the best singers to be inspired by. <laughs> so I'm going to say their name and you tell me what you were ins are inspired by that artist. So okay. Whitney Houston. Ooh, just her voice. She is the voice. I mean... That the power behind Whitney's voice, and um, I always liked how she finished every single word. If y'all pay attention to Whitney and how she's saying, she didn't leave words um, like loose at the end. I don't, that's the only way I really know how to describe it. I love how she articulated herself when she sang. You understood, and then if you just looked at her, like you just felt every single word. So I love that about Whitney. Okay, Mariah Carey. Man, um. I loved I loved a lot of the um, melodies that they gave Mariah. Like if even now, if you don't know a Mariah Carey song, you can at least hum to a Mariah Carey song, even if you didn't know all the words back then. So you know, she was like, like just the melody, the way that they wrote like that. Like I just I loved that about Mariah. So yeah, love me some Mariah. Okay, Celine Dion. I loved how Celine Dion's records were colorless. You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't care, you know, if you are black, you're white, you're, you know, you're Asian, you're whatever. Celine Dion's songs were colorless, and, I, and that's what I love about her records. Her records even inspire me as a as a songwriter because, you know, you don't listen to her music and go, oh, this is only for, you know, a certain demographic. It's that's just a it's just a great song, you know. So when you were in TG4 and then Rich Girls, mm -hmm. what did you learn about performing with other women in a group? And then how did that help you to become a solo artist? Hmm. Man, I learned a couple of things by being in, in groups. I learned how to be selfless. You know what I mean? Because when you're in a group and... Um, I don't care if you're in a group and you're singing with somebody, you're in a group, you're working with somebody, you learn really quickly that it's not just about you. You know what I mean? You learn that, you know, you have to respect the person to your left and to your right and listen to them and know and, and want to know what do you think and you work together and you figure it out. So that's one thing that I definitely learned from being in, in my group. Um, and then, you know, in, in terms of 
you said the difference from yeah, like from then that becoming a solo artist to being to being a solo artist. I could say it being in a group more so helped me um, in terms of me writing songs for other people. It helped with that because I was able to. You know, you have to be selfless as a songwriter, writing songs for other people, especially when you are an artist first. So, you know, writing songs for people, I, go, I get to talk to them and find out, you know, what they like, what they're going through in their lives. And me naturally wanting to be a songwriter and keep a song for myself, yeah. you have to take off that hat and you have to really be selfless and say, okay, this song is about this person. So being in a group, it taught me a lot. It did. It taught me what I... what. It taught me things that I, um, you know, things that I, I, I loved. And then it also, how do I put it? It taught me things that I, I, I love and that I, I'll carry with me for the rest of my life. But it also, uh, it, it it taught me, well, how, sorry, y'all. I'm, I'm talking to us through whatever. Well, but yeah. Sorry. No, it's fine. So what about, you've written, you know, some very powerful and memorable songs Thanks. for some really great singers. So Thank you. Alicia Keys' New Day comes yeah. to mind. I love that song. Thank you. I think it's a great song. And then Thanks. Tamar Braxton, All the Way Home. Hey, that's my Tay-Tay. Yeah, <laughs> we love that song. Thank right? you. I'm glad y'all liked it. So what was it like working with Alicia, who is also a songwriter and you know, is Alicia Keys. Man, working um, working with Alicia, I just, it changed my life a little bit because that was probably one of the first times that um, I worked with somebody and I would throw out a line and she would go, okay, now what does that mean? And I thought that that was just so cool that she cared what it meant. You know what I mean? I, I'd worked with other people before and not that they didn't care, but if you listen to, you know, Alicia Keys, her records, her songs, period. It sounds like she cares about what she sings about and about what she writes about. So working with her to be able to um, be able to really just kind of let go and take my time and not feel rushed and to be able to just, you know, really have dialogue about what we're writing about. I'll take that with me for the, I'll take that with me for the rest of my life. So working with her was was amazing. Yeah. And then what about Tamar? Did you think that that song would have been become as big as it was, and that? No, the thing, and I'll give y'all a little inside scoop. Even with that, and this is a, a note to um, you know, songwriters, you write songs all the time, and once you write them, you let them go, you forget about them, you move on to the next. With all the way home, I actually wrote that record with some friends, with Joelle James and some more writers, the Underdogs, uh, Harvey Mason, and we wrote it for another artist. Um, I was on the road, got the phone call. Oh, Tamar likes that record, so it's going to go to Tamar now. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm straight cool. You want it? You got it. I got it. We good. All right. So, um, you know, she cut the record, and I mean, come on now. Y'all know Tamar can sing. Yeah. I love me. I love me some Tamar. I'm a Tamartian. They know. She know. I know. Y'all know. I'm a Tamartian. <laughs> <laughs> but she, um, she just, she killed that record. Yeah. She and did. um, it was, it was a surprise to me that you know I didn't even know that the record was gonna end up there, but it did. And all of y'all made it what it was, and I appreciate it. So thanks. That's good. What are um some of the biggest obstacles that you have as a female artist in a very male-dominated music industry. Oh, that's a good one. Y'all ready? That's a real good one. Okay, so being a lot of times in sessions, I'm the only girl in a session. 
like the the only girl it's male producers male songwriters male artists i'm the only girl and um i mean men are gonna be men they're gonna hit on you they're gonna flirt they're gonna try to hit i'm sorry y'all just know how i go and you really have to make up in your mind how you want to be perceived you know what i mean so being the only female a lot of times um I, I just I made up in my mind early on like okay let me go in here and be focused and write and make sure that all of these men respect me you know what I mean because at the end of the day that's all you have you know what I mean that's good that's so good. um yeah it's just it's just really that was just really important to me and then you know once you get their respect because let's let's just say that you know they don't respect you you try to throw out a line you will get dismissed you know what i mean they won't value your opinion they won't value you throwing out a line they won't value you saying hey this song is dope they mind is going you know their mind is going to be someplace else so it actually it helped because a lot of the songs that i've written and got placed i've written the songs with all men i've gotten the songs placed with all men so you know you got to pick and choose how you want to be perceived that's amazing now I have like 20 more questions, but unfortunately. And I'm so long winded. Y'all, I can talk. <laughs> well, I've been talking. Well, all of my questions are amazing. I think they, that there's a lot more amazing. amazing questions out in the audience. Okay. So we're going to turn over for QA and ask you guys to ask some questions. Cool beans. I wanted to ask you about a record that wasn't like officially released. If, where did that come about? Ah, oh, dang, that's a good question. Honestly, I wanted to uh, write a song uh, like the, you know, the Michael Jackson song that goes, uh, 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 I wanted to write a song like that. So I did, <laughs> it, or tried to, I attempted to, and um, that's why the, the, the verses go, uh, it goes, look at our children, look how fast they grow. Um, I lost my only hero. I was talking about Michael Jackson. How will they ever know? And so I wanted it to just talk about something, and I, I wanted the melodies to make you feel some type of way. So that's what that record came from. That was a good one. Nobody even heard that, that song. See, good questions. <laughs> Hi, I'm Whitney. Hey, and Whitney. I'm a Pisces. I get along great uh, with Cancers. My mama's a Pisces. Oh, okay. <laughs> great sign, mama. Um, my question is that you, as a beautiful black woman, but also of a woman of darker skin tone, did you ever feel that when you were going amongst the masses, if that was something that would um, hinder your career? Absolutely. When I tell you, and I will be all the way transparent, it even today, but I will say growing up, period, has always been a struggle for me. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I thank God for having, you know, really strong, like smart, you know, women around me that keep me encouraged and, and, and let me know every day that you're beautiful inside and out. Don't matter what shade you are. Don't matter how big your booty is. Don't matter how big you, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I have to give them credit for that. That's my mama. That's, that's Tina Davis. That's Brittany Davis. Like they, every single day. But to answer your question, absolutely. Especially, and I'll even go a little deeper, being in girl groups where I was the only brown skinned girl. And when I tell you, like, I had a couple of nights where I cried myself to sleep over. I'll get teary eyed talking about it now. But it's, it's something that, Every single day, you just it, you have to constantly work on it, and you constantly remind yourself that you're perfect just the way that God made you. God didn't make no mistakes on you, and you are absolutely beautiful. But absolutely, yeah. Right. Let's stop for that. Absolutely. 
Hi, um, I'm I'm a, a songwriter also. But what's your name? Sarah. What's your name? Hi, Sarah. Sarah. Okay, I want to ask you a question. Um, being a female in the industry, excuse me, in the industry, do you feel like other women give you mixed signals or make you feel like you gotta stay where you at, or do you feel that type of energy in the industry? Um, you know what? I, I think that. You have to be, um, uh, t to answer your question, I think that no matter what field you're in, you're always going to run across people that don't have, you know, well wishes for you. That's just life. But you can't be focused on that. You can't be focused on them. You can't be focused on the woman to your left or to your right. If you have something that you are working towards, you focus on that. I don't give, excuse me, I don't give a damn about nobody else. Okay. You know I, what I mean? Okay. You Thank stay you. focused. I like that. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey. I have a question. What's okay. Your name? Um my question oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my name is um Shiniqua. And um I grew up as a um technical person, but I used to love to write. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know what what is the process of how can you communicate with the artists when you're writing? Because I know writing is not easy mm -hmm. to be as a technical writer for communication. So it's like so many things that you see that you can write about. How is it that you can relate to the artist to sing the song? Uh, to, to write a song for them? Uh, I, I have a conversation with them. Um, for example, if I was writing a song for you, I would ask you, you know, what are you going on in your life? Are you in love? Have you ever been in love? Do you Are you curious about some things? You know, are you going through something with your mama? Are you going through something with your daddy? Have you, do you have a father? Do you ha I would sit there and have a conversation with you, ask you how you feeling today because the, <laughs> the worst feeling um, ever is if somebody's not having, a, you know, a day that's great and you go in there and write them this poppy, happy-go-lucky song, you're not going to feel that song because they can't even relate to it. So it's important that I talk to you and find out where you are in your life. So that's that's where I start. I start with that. For example, writing for Kelly Rowland, we were working on her album. We spent the majority of the time talking and, and getting to know how we were feeling and, and, and writing things down and, you know, chit-chatting. And then the songs were born. So that's how it works for me a lot of times. Hi, um, I'm Hi. Marcus. Marcus? Yeah. Nice to um, meet you. I grew up in the church singing with the choir and everything. So my question is, how did you make the transfer from singing gospel to That's a great secular? question. You know, the funny thing is I struggle with that, too. I'm, I I'll be struggling a lot, y'all. I have to pray about some stuff. <laughs> um, honestly, yeah, I, I struggle with, with that, um, too, for, for a minute. And I actually, um, for me personally, I don't know if you would want to do this, but I prayed to God and I said, God. I said, if you don't want me singing any more secular music and you want me to sing all gospel music, close every single door that leads to me singing secular music. God didn't close no doors for me singing the secular music. So I, I, you know, I kept on with my journey and, and, you know, I'm here today writing songs like it won't stop. Um, but even still within that, um, just because you are a Christian and you like to sing gospel music don't mean that you can't sing songs about love or write songs about love. God is love. It's the same thing. So, you know, that, that's my personal opinion on it, you know. Um, I want to be a professional songwriter. What's your name? What's your Chelsea? name? Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. Hi. Um, basically, I just don't know where to start. Like, mm -hmm. I, I want to get to the point where I'm able to work with other people people and I just feel right. like I'm sitting in my room writing and I, I don't know how to get Absolutely. it further. 
You know, mm-hmm. my um my advice for that is I always say this too because I get asked that question a lot, and I'm from a really small town. It's this big. So my advice to you is, no matter if you're from a small town, big town, if you're a songwriter, you want to be a songwriter. There is a producer somewhere at your high school, at your neighborhood church, at your at the grocery. There's, there's a producer somewhere around you who's looking for a songwriter to write to their beats. And I always say, you know, become the biggest thing in your city or your town or your area. Because if your songs are great, they're going to grow. People are going to hear about them. So I always say, connect with the people that are right. Utilize the people that are right there around you. And, you know, work on yourself. Work on your craft. Write more songs every single day. And, you know... Like I said, when it's when it's good, it grows. You know what I mean? And some somebody's gonna somebody will hear about your records. But link up with the with the producer that's in your area. Cause he's he looking for somebody to write songs to his beats as we speak. You know? Thank you. You're welcome. My question is, how do you write a song and stick with it? Ooh. Um, well, I actually don't stick with all of them because you know, you can start off writing a record, and I'd have before you start off writing it, and you think it's gonna be cool, and you listen to it, and you go, "That's weight," and you take it, and you throw it away. So, um, like, I have plenty of songs that are not good that y'all will never hear; they'll never see the light of day. Don't ever ask me about them, cause I'm never gonna play them. But um, you know, you don't stick with every song. Like some songs aren't that great, and that's okay. Like it's okay. You just keep writing and you keep getting better and the good ones that stick then those get placed and the other ones you know we throw them in the back in the dumpster somewhere nobody got here it's like practice makes perfect practice right? makes perfect it's an oldie but it's a goodie all, all right good.